You're listening to Riverview Church Conversations, a podcast for the spiritually curious. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Riverview Conversations podcast. It's hello. a new podcast episode. It's a new year. What a time. It's a new you. It's a new me. It is. Who are you? My name's Reese. <laughs> Who are you again? I am Ryan. Welcome, and, Ryan. Uh, welcome to a new year, 2021. Wow. What a time. What a time. I feel like it's been, obviously, 2020 was such a a, a strange year that it, it almost feels surreal to be entering a new one. Little did we know what 2020 would hold, and who knows what 2021 has That's in store right. for us. That's right. And we're uh, excited to have a fun conversation today. Uh, just taking a little bit of time looking forward to some of the New Year's resolutions. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Some of the things that we're um, keen to talk about this coming year. And um, we also wanted to just take a couple of moments just to kind of recap on some of the um, most recent conversations and some of the things that we kind of noticed and stood out to us. But before we do any of that, Reese, as always. Deep breath. Yes. Fun icebreaker question. I thought this, I, I feel like. I'm interested in this question because I feel like I'll get to know you a lot more by your answer here. If you could instantly become an expert in any subject, what would it be? I've wow, stumped him. you've I've stumped, stumped me I'm, so many I'm, things. <laughs> you just have to choose one. This wow. Is, well, I my first thing goes to yeah. how can I become an expert in something that will get me lots of money, which may not be very good for me or others. So True. if I could be an expert in the banking system, I'm sure that would be helpful to my financial <laughs> position. That's very true. Uh, this is random. The thing that comes, <clears throat> two things come to mind. Football. Oh. The the beautiful game, not Australian football. So you'd be like uh, doing some money ball vibes, but with football. And skateboarding. Wow. Skateboarding expert. You could play yeah. Tony Hawk long Well, I am a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 expert uh, okay. for those who are okay. familiar with the uh, PS2. Uh, just an addition to that question if you could learn any language instantly, what would. Ah, oh, probably Spanish. Oh, cool. Probably Spanish. Hmm. I do go around si, uh, greeting people in uh, a bit of Spanglish around the office, <laughs> referring to people as senors. And in- incidentally, I do refer to our beloved. Um, uh, seniors Ministry at Riverview as the Seniors Ministry, <laughs> the Mexican like uh, like <laughs> Seniors Ministry. Uh, yeah, probably Spanish. A Spanish mm. moneyball skateboarder. Very good. That would be mine. And and yours, Ryan? Oh, look, I was thinking about that as you were talking. I sounds really lame. I was going to say something like wisdom or something oh. like that, but that's just like super yeah, play generic. Play with it a little. Go out on a limb. Um, expert. I would say some sort of historical expert. Oh, like do you have a, a particular I mean, niche? History history is too broad. I would um, probably go um, Rome, kind of Jesusish times. Uh, like yeah. I feel like that'd be fascinating. Would you go on uh, the ABC television program Hard Quiz? Maybe your niche. Maybe expert? maybe I'd have a little program where I'm you know dusting up ancient ruins and oh, how exciting. Wow. And I would probably um, do learn something like Cantonese. Well, that would be helpful. I feel like it would be the or most Or Mandarin. It also helps you learn a new way to think because oh, yeah. the language isn't, you know, 
um, of Latin origin. And I believe the way that they count in uh, places like China is is quite different to the way mm. that uh, the English. It might help for your banking system. Hey, yeah, yeah. combine the five different things together, yeah, and there yeah. you go. Anyway, we again, sorry, we we went on a bit of a tangent. There. Well, it's the new year. Like we're we're in holiday mode. Our brains are just running. We're dreaming free. about all the new things we could be doing. Yes. Have you got any uh, New Year's resolution? Well, see, I'm pretty bad at the New Year's resolution, mm. but I have not got one yet. Um, but. I can think of the one that was the most powerful in my life. Hmm. A few years ago, I decided to say yes to things more. Because hmm. back in the day, I used to be a bit of a, uh, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, I'm not going to know anyone at that thing. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, it's a bit of a drag. <laughs> and I would not experience life. And then one day, I went bungee jumping on a whim. Friends were like, hey, we're going bungee jumping. And I was like, you know what? I think I'll say yes. Nice work. That's and good. after that, That's I was good. like, man, I'm going to say yes a lot more. Changed my life. What about no, you? There's a movie about that, right? Oh, is there? That's, yeah, Yes Man. Oh, I haven't seen it. You could watch that one later well, too. You should, yeah. Uh, look, I I am really bad with the New Year's stuff. I I probably spend more time yeah, reflecting on the past year and like the lessons and the learnings and all of that kind of stuff. And then I forget to actually go, oh, what are, like goal set. Yes, right. Uh, I would maybe say this year, I think the main resolution is probably just be more flexible after last oh, yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> um, just learn to, and I don't mean physically flexible. Like I'm not interested in taking, taking up yoga, <laughs> gymnast classes, or yoga, or calisthenics. Or maybe I should, but um, yeah, just like be okay for the resolutions that I set mm. to not work out quite like I thought they would. You could become an expert in yoga. I could, I could. Now, Reese, we thought we would um, before we kind of talk a little bit about some of the stuff we've got on the horizon this year we thought we would just talk a little bit about some of the um, podcasts over the last you know, two or three months and just take a couple of moments just to kind of recap some of the um, main trends and themes that we noticed and stood out to us along the journey. Can you give us a bit of a reminder? Like, what are some of the things that we've talked about over the last little while? Look, we have some. We've had some good ones. I mean, uh, the I'm just looking back through the feed, and I'm mm. looking at kind of the caliber of the people that we've had, and I feel wow, this is it's been good. We've had chats about um, idealism and uh, the pitfalls, pros and cons of that with uh, Paula Hatfield, our resident pastor, um, community pastor. We've talked about um, how to reframe creation with mm. Rick Watts, friend of the show. We've talked about pilgrimage with uh, Dr. Tanya Watson. Mm, we've, mm. and I think probably the most popular one that we've had so far is the the chat about how did we get here on the Bible with Tim mm, Healy, and that mm. was that was quite a vibe. There, there seems to be a lot of um, conversations popping up um, that we're having that um, tend to be quite wide conversations about differing points of view within the Christian tradition mm. and the space for those differing points of view and the ability to kind of be present in where you are on the journey. Mm. Uh, it's the conversations that we're having seem to be along the lines of not having arrived at a certain point. Yeah, and yeah. this is where I'm staying. I have decided on my belief structure. I've decided on my um, point of view and this is where I'm going to stay. But moreover, we're in process. Mm. We're on a journey. We're in mm. pilgrimage. We are, things are unfolding as we kind of, you know, experience more of God and experience more of life. And mm. those are certainly, uh, that's certainly one of the trends that kind of, that jumps out at me immediately. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that kind of idea that our faith is constantly evolving mm. and um, obviously using the E word can be controversial mm. around 
kind of Christian circles, but the reality of our faith not being a stagnant thing, but something that that grows. Um, it's something we were talking about recently. I know um, John Mark Comer and the guys at Bridgetown Church um, use a phrase quite often where they talk about naming your stage of apprenticeship yes. to Jesus. And um, one of the things that they're quite um, passionate about is helping people identify um, where their actual faith and, and relational mm. capacity with Jesus is at and being aware of that and being aware of the fact that that'll change and grow. And so the things that you're um, exploring and looking into will change and grow. Um, and I kind of love that idea, like um, being people who are okay with the fact that our faith is changing and growing. Mm. Um I think that's how it's meant to be. I don't think it's meant to be a stagnant thing where it's like, I've got everything sorted. I've nailed all my colors to the mask. Achievement unlocked. Yeah, exactly. Done <laughs> and dusted. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a lot more dynamic and and flowing than that, which I think is really cool. Mm. One of the other things that seems to be coming up within the podcast and also kind of within our faith community that's called Riverview is the notion that we seem to be telling stories to one another. Mm. Um, and maybe it's we're not doing it with greater frequency, but maybe we're noticing it more. Maybe we're we're during this COVID post COVID kind of world that we live in now. We are taking the time to actually share what God is doing or what's happening within us, what's happening. We're mm. noticing in our community with mm. one another. Mm. Whereas previously, maybe we just got on with the the hustle and bustle of life and of you know the the the, the juggernaut machine of modern church just rolled on, and we maybe didn't have time for that type of thing. Yeah, but yeah. It seems like we're stopping to to tell one another tales of what God's doing in our life yeah, yeah, and things that we're noticing and inklings that we have. Mm, it's good. Um, and I think that's really important because, you know, our faith tradition is is built on tales of what God has done and, and we things that we hope for and mm. passed down kind of generation to generation. And and I think it, it's signs of life, signs of hope, you know, yeah, for, for not just the year to come, but kind of I, I guess our, our faith tradition is built on hope, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I think it's there's, there's, it's a, there's like a great appetite to go a little bit deeper than the surface level. I remember, um, I mean, it was quite some time back, but we did the episode on Christian cliches. Mm. I think as as we were doing that, we were kind of having fun and it was um, quite humorous along the way, but we kind of began to realize that all of these things are um, just blockers to going any deeper. Mm. And I feel like there's a real appetite for us as people, the people of God to actually go beyond just the surface stuff and and talk about how God is at work in our stories and what he's doing. Um, I, I found that um, the episode we had with Rick, the reframing creation one, uh, was pretty formative for mm. some of my thinking probably over the last couple of months around um, really beginning to see again the image of God that is in every single person. Mm. And I think for me that's actually been really helpful in being reminded of of that in every and any interaction I have with people. I think I've been kind of exploring some other bits and pieces along the way. And and, and that combined with this notion that everyone has a story mm. um, has been really formative because when I interact with someone and maybe what they're doing is frustrating or it's not quite like I thought it should mm. be or whatever, um, having both the reminder that this person is someone created in the image of God but also this person has a story mm. and there is a reason that they maybe think the way they think or they're behaving yeah. the way they behave. And I actually shouldn't uh, hold that against them 
But there, again, there's the we all have a story. We mm. all have reasons for being the way that we are and doing the things that we yeah. do and thinking the things we think. Um, and I feel like that's kind of liberating to understand about one another. It's a great antidote to. I'm sure we've all noticed it. The the polarization of just society. It's if mm. it's if you're not for us, you're against us. You're if you're you know the the political sphere, you're conservative or you're liberal, and in, in the, in the, there's no in between space. Yeah, yeah. You're um, pro this, you're anti that. If you're you know like kind of pro life, pro choice, mm. that, those type of conversations don't they don't really seem to be helpful. But when you when you remember that the person in front of you actually has a story, mm. there are things that have happened along the way for for them. They didn't just kind of wake up one day and think or believe what they thought. There are things that they've gone through. Like yeah, yeah. Um, they are they too are in process. We should cut everyone a bit of slack, dial down on the intensity, and actually mm. see the person mm. and give dignity to them and give them space to actually be themselves mm. rather than point the finger and, and buy into the whole polarization thing, yeah, which is yeah. so prevalent today. And, and it's, it's kind of humanizing to do so as well, mm. right? Like, I mean, some of the how did we get here conversations that we've had, which I'd really, really enjoyed, but I think it was very easy for us and we noticed this in ourselves for us to kind of go, oh, why did these people think this stuff? Like, yeah. how did that happen? But again, recognizing that everything has a context and mm. a reason and a and um, something deeper at play. And people aren't just thinking things because they want to be wrong. Yeah, They're thinking things because we all live in a context and a world that is live and happening. Mm. And um, I just find that kind of fascinating. And so like I've been trying to check my heart mm. even as we're doing some of these how do we get here episodes? Because I, I don't want to condemn those who have gone before us because maybe now we're in a place where we go, oh, maybe we should see this a little bit differently. Yeah, That's actually okay. Yeah, um, But that doesn't mean that people are wrong and they got it all wrong and, you know, like um, it's it's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that our faith not only individually is evolving, but I genuinely think that our faith as a humanity should be evolving. Mm. I hope that in a thousand years we're closer to the heart and the will of God than we are now. And mm. I think if we're not, we're probably not doing as good a job as we could do because mm. I think part of the goal is actually to to move closer towards Jesus, mm. not only as individuals but as a collective. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking as well a little bit about just the reality that Things are often more complex, and and that's kind of yeah. related to the the stories thing. I think there's a tendency in us to always just want to again have the set answers to things, and I think this year, um, along with some of the conversations we've had, have, have proved that often things are a little bit deeper um, than they first seem, um, and there is an innate desire in us to simplify things. But sometimes that often does more damage mm. than actually being okay that things are just complicated. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Simple and elegant is uh, is a very modern idea as well. You know, like in terms of the things that we, you know, the straightforward nature of how we want to access things. Mm. But the life of faith is not that. It can be simple, mm. but it's not um, easy. No, we're not promised a, a faith that is, you know, get these three three things right and everything will be well. Mm. You know, we we live with one another, one another. We live in a context, and we have an ancient text as our sacred foundational text. Mm. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, no surprise that things are more complex than they say 
seem, but doesn't make it any easier. You mm. know, the, the, the knowledge that things are complex and we have to work it through and we have to process and we have to wrestle with the text and our lives and um, the divine. Um, yeah, even knowing that doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's still a difficult thing, you know. Yeah, as as we've been kind of going on this journey, I was I mentioned to you a little while about race. I was kind of exposed to this word, um, this Japanese phrase, mu, M-U. Yes, yes. And... Um, Essentially, the 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 phrase "mu" um, is appropriate for when the wrong question is being asked, and I, and I just want to read this to you because mm, yeah. I think this is quite profound. Um, there's a, a essentially um, Henry Nowen and some other people talking about this. They state that the context of uh, the question is such that a yes or a no answer uh, is in error and should not be given. Unasked, the question is what "mu" says. So mu becomes appropriate when the context of the question becomes too small for the truth of the answer. Um, and so essentially this idea of mu is, is the Japanese's way of um, kind of acknowledging that some things are more complex than a simple question might ask. So for example, if I was to ask a complex question expecting a yes or no answer, there, they would have um, an articulation to respond in a way that says, "Well, no, the truth of this answer is actually bigger than the assumption of the question you're asking." And I think so much of the stuff that we've been exploring as we've done it, we've begun to realize that it's actually not about a yes or a no answer, or a, a black or a white answer. Um, sometimes things are just more complex, and the questions sometimes that we ask actually belittle the large truth that sits kind of in the middle of it. Um, and I think that's a real tension to manage because, as I said, everything in us uh, wants to simplify yeah. and have yes and no's and, and black and white and, um, you know, easily ducks in a row. Um, but I think the reality is sometimes we ask questions that would undermine the the truth that actually sits at the, the center point. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, you can apply that to pr- almost every area of the life as of the of the Christian, you know, like um, you could apply that to questions of heaven and hell, mm. to the origins of the faith, to the Bible, mm. to um, to outworkings in terms of like be reconciled to your brother or sister. Mm. Um, who's in, who's out. Um, uh, issues of inclusion, issues of church leadership, all mm. of these things mm. um, warrant... Um, or they they require more than just uh, mm. give me the quick answer, nail your mm. um, you know like put your stake in the ground and tell me where you are. It's mm. it requires more. But I feel like that's challenging because often again we just want the stake in the ground. So you know, let's just as an example, someone says, "Well, can people be unsaved?" I would suggest that the most appropriate answer to that is is mu. It's not the question you are asking is oversimplifying and assuming too much that there'll be a simple answer to that. I, I that's personally that's what I think. Um, but, you know, and and to answer yes or no would actually be inappropriate. Uh, and I kind of love the possibility of a third way of responding to some of the um, desire for truth that's in the world. And I think that's a really beautiful way of going. It doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about the things, but I'm understanding that 
there's a, there's a huge layer of complexity. And for me to say yes or no uh, without going into that is like going to cause chaos. Maybe that's like uh, as I think about that right now, I wonder if that is a good almost New Year's resolution to take through into the new year and be like, mm. no, there are things in life that actually require a deliberate approach to mm. things that our generation and the generation surrounding have to grapple with. And the new approach is could potentially be really helpful for our day-to-day. Yeah. And our, obviously like matters of faith as well to say that, hey, like society or life wants us to nail our colors to the mast, but it requires a, a different approach, a mm. third way or, yeah. a, or, a, or an alternative way, yeah. not yeah. just a yes or no or a this or that. You yeah. know? And I think the alternative way... I th- to be honest, I think is the Jesus way, and it's seeing the humanity and the image of God. Or as Brian um, Harris talked about, the the dust and the breath of God in people, and responding accord- accordingly. I mean, we were talking the other day about, you know, let's just say you you see on Facebook someone gets a tattoo recently, and they post a photo, and someone jumps jumps in the comments and says, "It says in the Bible, you shouldn't get a tattoo." You know, that's a real life example. And how are we to respond to that? I mean, I would not suggest that the best way to respond is to put a comment back going, well, actually, blah, 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 or even condemning that person or even like, because they might have good reason to believe that and think that because of the, um, the, the formation that they've actually received. And so, again, this idea of mu is probably suggesting a third alternative to go, well, actually, things are a little bit more complex than, than just this or that. Um, and I mean, I'm hoping that's a, a helpful example to kind of just help us realize that there's humanity and God and complexity at play in, in a lot of these um, issues of faith and of life. And I think that's actually okay. Um, the last thing I was just reflecting on um, in relation to some of the conversations we've had, and we talked a little bit about this, is just the fact that, um, and you, you touched on this earlier, but just the fact that there is an element of hope in all that we do. Um, and the weird thing is sometimes it's that hope that gets us into um, bad spots. Not not because... I, I don't know if that makes sense, but even the idealism chat that we had um, more recently, it's these hopeful ideals that sometimes, um, because we're not in the this perfect overlap of heaven and earth yet, we live in still this kind of now and not yet period. And so, um, I mean, the scriptures talk about that, that which we see in part, one day we'll see in full. And so we're hopeful to see these things, but they don't always turn out. Um and I was just thinking about as well the importance of the way that we go about bringing about God's kingdom um, because I feel like there's always an appetite for us to advance God's kingdom and extend it and go about that. But I've, I've found, especially this year with all the stuff that's been happening, unless we're advancing God's kingdom like in the way of Jesus, there's, there's no point, you know, like... <laughs> And I feel like it's very easy for us to go and extend and advance and go and evangelize and do all these things, but we we don't do it in the footsteps and the echoes of Jesus, and we kind of rack up a body count along the way. Mm. And um, I was just kind of being reminded over the last few uh, months as we've been journeying through this that that Jesus's 
incarnation on earth is not just about so that he can die for our sins, but it's also so he can show us a new way to live. Mm. And I think sometimes we get so carried away with um, the kind of the mandate and the mission that we forget about the way of living out that mandate and mission. And I just think that's so important. And again, that reframing creation conversation we had, I think was just really helpful in in kind of bridging um, two of those things together Mm. in recognizing that if anything, the mission and the mandate is to see God in people and to love the image of God that's in people. And yeah, and I and I feel I, I feel like so often the clearest view I have of Christ is in the eyes of my the person standing in front of me, you know. Mm. But I might not see that if I'm standing on a street corner with my Bible just yelling at people across <laughs> yeah. Murray Street Mall, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um yeah, I feel it's as if the signs of life are all around. The signs of hope are there. Are we able to see them though? Are we looking mm. for them? Mm. Are we looking to see that um, the kingdom of God is advancing in surprising ways, not in mm. ways that we always mm. think it is? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I, I have particular problem with kind of militaristic kind of. Um, mm metaphor yes yeah and, yeah and you know the taking ground and all colonizing the world for jesus yeah i don't i'm yeah i have problems with that but that's that's my thing to deal with i know some people kind of really want to be on the front foot and go about things in their way and i have mm, things mm. that are, that i feel like i'm potentially called to do but um mm. but yeah we've got to make room for those as well but but you're right like the the being careful to go about things in a way that don't leave a trail of blood you know, we're not yeah. we're not t- we're not winning the lost at any cost. You know, we're not like we're not yeah, um, yeah, yeah. we're not just um, again. The sentiments there are like it's the cliche thing, right? The yeah. sentiments there, you actually kind of understand what, but people take that and run with that. And I feel like part of all of this as well is, and and I remember you um, in one of I can't remember what podcast it was, and I thought it was quite profound really wrestling with this view that we're all broken. Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, there's no point, you know, we're just broken people. But rather redeeming that and understanding that people aren't inherent. I don't believe people, maybe this is controversial, but people aren't inherently bad. Yeah, we live in a broken world and there's brokenness that exists in all of us. But again, going back to Brian Harris's analogy, we are dust of the earth, but we're also the breath of God. And I think that very breath of God actually is louder than the dust of the earth. And I think if we stop viewing people as inherently bad, maybe we'd do a better job at living in the way of Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, I wonder if as we talk, this this next year for me is going to be about being able to notice what is happening all around rather than like praying for something to kind of revival to come and actually be like, look, God is here yeah, at yeah. work. Yeah, Things yeah. are happening. Do I, can I notice them? Am I noticing them? Am I seeing the things that are happening mm, rather than cool. kind of yeah. either waiting for something to happen mm. or buying into the notion that like the whole brokenness, like things have never been worse, you know, like we yeah, yeah. need you to come now and just take mm. over and, Sort this nation out. You mm. know, no, things are happening mm. everywhere you look. Yeah, God is at work constantly. Yeah, He is not lying dormant. He is not um, leaving people in the lurch. He is mm. present constantly. 
mm. but am I, can I see him? You know, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I wonder if that's the, that's the thing for me this year. Mm. I feel like 2020 started, started to get glimpses of it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what 2021 kind of has in store in that regard. Mm, I mean, obviously for us with this podcast, we, you know, we started this what, like nine months ago mm. or something like that, kind of as COVID hit because we just felt like it was important to provide a bit of a space for people to come on the journey and feel like they're not um, alone in just exploring faith and asking some of these questions and maybe not alone even in just having some of the frustrations of maybe the way that we've gone about doing things or um, and we don't want this to be a place of like greater frustration, but a place of actual um, growth and and a, and in some senses uh, an environment in which we can actually come to see God clearer and love Him more through the conversations that we have as we kind of explore the nuances of faith and life. And and man, like I've thoroughly enjoyed um, getting to do this almost personally, just because we've been able to have some awesome conversations and explore, but it's actually been really cool to to hear from people who have come along on the journey and um, just really be appreciative of having a space like this in which we can kind of explore and just be quite real about stuff. Hash out some things. Yeah, about a lot of the things that we often don't want to talk about in in church and things like that. It's just not time, you know, it'll be, it's, you know, when the, the confines of the traditional church gathering how do you talk about these things yeah especially when got yeah. hundreds of people in front of you you know yeah yeah and some of them are not even interested in, yeah, in talking yeah, about totally. them and, and that's actually Someone okay could be well. fairly niche yes that's right or niche as the americans say that's right so 2021 it's a good year what are we going to talk about Reese? Well, what are I'm, some I'm of looking the, things, at the list I mean, of things that we have down and i'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm pumped can, can i just say before we even talk about any of the stuff we've got planned if you've been listening for a while would you actually do us the honor of shooting us an email, letting us know maybe maybe what's been your favorite podcast that you've listened to over the last year and maybe just some of the things that you would love uh, for us to talk about. Like that genuinely would be really helpful because- We're taking requests now. We are taking requests because we want this to be really helpful. Like we don't want to mm. just go off on a tangent. I mean, we will just go off on a tangent and some of the things we feel led to be talking about, but we'd also love to kind of- incorporate what is going to be helpful for the community. Mm. And so maybe letting us know what's been your favorite podcast I've mm. done would be helpful just for our own little feedback forms. <laughs> Stroke my ego. <laughs> and, <laughs> that one was um, really good. And yeah, and what um, what you'd love to hear us actually spend some time having conversation about. Mm. So mm. you can do that. Just send us an email, podcast at riverviewchurch.com.au if you make sure you get onto that. That's our New Year's present from you. Thank you, everybody. Yes, namaste. Uh, yeah, we. I've, I've got a list here of topics that we'd like to tackle in in twenty twenty one. Are these binding contracts, Reese? Well, it's one of those things. I suppose if you put it out there, you kind of have to do it. It's true. Well, well you don't have to, but you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll give it a go. Uh, the, some of them that like the one. Uh, there's a few that jump out to me right away, and one of them is I personally would love to talk about um, the church being under attack. <laughs> you know, you see that pop up, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, and people claiming, "Oh, the church Christians—they're under attack," or are they just being examined? That's mm. one topic mm. that I would love to talk love about. It. Yeah, um, I'd also like to talk about the um, the psychology and physiology of worship. 
what is actually happening yeah, 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 during yeah. our times of worship? I mean, a lot has been kind of researched in terms of musicology. The brain, your brain on music, for example, mm. is a uh, mm. is quite a quite a well known book. Um, and I, I would like to delve into that with mm. respect to kind of um, our corporate worship and kind of see if we could get a musicologist in and and, awesome, and, and look yeah, at yeah. look at some of that stuff. Um, mm. Some other topics that we have um, in the pipeline are talking about conflict. Mm. Which is something that obviously uh, the Christian Christian community is not immune from by any stretch. No, no, no. Uh, we can quite often find ourselves in some quite robust conflict mm. in Christian community. Mm. Um, One I'm um, quite excited for is morality in the church, oh. um, and having a bit of a conversation. And and I don't know how we necessarily would go about it. That's still in the pipeline, but um, having a bit of a conversation around the whole um, moral police mm. and the church, and what are the the borders and boundaries of things like church discipline, but also the fact that people have their own choices and mm. the church shouldn't really be kind of getting too into people's lives. They need to make decisions for themselves. And then also the voice of the church when it comes to things like politics mm. and um, major decision-making in, in yeah. societal areas of life. And we, in 2021, we're definitely going to be dipping back into some of our how did we get here mm, topics. Yep, yep. And we've got a couple in the pipeline. We would like to examine how we got here on the topic of free will. Yep, love that. And also, how did we get here with respect to the gospel? Mm, mm. So, uh, yeah, there's there's a bit in there. Yes. There's a bit in there, Ryan. Yes, two, two of the other kind of things that I'm, I'm super excited for us to do is we want to spend a little bit of time um, this year looking and talking about vocation. Um, and the importance of us living out a holistic gospel, and and a huge part of that includes our work. And then the other thing we're going to spend um, probably a little bit of time on, because it's kind of come up again and again, uh, is around some of our bookend theology. So probably when it comes to some of the biblical episodes, probably spending a little bit more time looking at Genesis and Revelation, uh, because it seems like so much of the way that we live is based on those the interpretations of those um, kind of texts. So um, again, not quite sure how we're going to go about that, but that might be, you know, multiple episodes on a particular book or, or things like that. But that's that'll be a lot of fun. A revelation, um, uh, when these days when someone talks about the book of Revelation, I immediately think of uh, I was given a Lego Bible. Really? That's yes. awesome. And it's kind of, you know, it's the good bits. The generation uh, ge- um, Genesis through to Revelation and the Revelation depiction in Lego form is hectic. Oh, really? It is not for the children. Yeah, there are beasts and all sorts of crazy things in there. There's fire and there's hell and there's all sorts. Is I there bring a sword along. coming out of the mouth? There's a bit. Yes, yeah. there cool. is. There is a bit oh, of Lego oh. going on in that scene. So maybe I should. Uh, yeah, maybe bring I it should, in. Uh, show the show the people somehow. Uh, one of the other ones, Reese, that I'm looking forward to doing as well is having a conversation around escapism. Um, I look, I'm just quite interested to talk a little bit about that because I think in the past, you know, we we'd view things like um, alcohol and drugs and um, gambling as like these ways of escaping. But the reality is, nowadays, we have so many ways of doing that. Things as simple as just like getting home and just chucking Netflix on. Um, but talking about the maybe the risks and the harms of of um, trying to just fill our lives and escape from having to think about the the realities, and so I think that'll be a pretty it's like modern one. ways of like when you know it's sucking your thumb, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, so I'm I'm ready to be um, challenged about that. One of the other things we we're interested in talking about um, is just a bit of a, a culture of shame uh, and how sometimes uh, the church, and I don't mean as an organization, but as a community of people, have led more with shame than we have with love in relation to um, things like sexuality, in relation to things like destructive behaviors mm. we were talking a little yeah. bit about. Um, and trying to kind of have a bit of uh, maybe a couple of conversations around um, how do we again lead with love um, rather than shame or fear or um, yeah. you know, needing everything to be neat yeah, and tidy. The, uh, uh, it may have been you who said this, Ryan, but uh, original sin versus original shame, mm. you know, and that kind of being quite a foundational thing for many people in the Christian mm. faith. And so how, how can we actively look at look at that in a helpful way mm. rather than just, you need to sort this out. It's very bad. You are bad. Come back when you've got it together. Yes. You know, yes. that type yes. of conversation yeah. is, I think if my, if I could characterize my teenage experience as a Christian and youth group, it's don't drink, don't do drugs and don't get busy with the, with the, your girlfriend, you know, and, and there's a whole lot of shame that comes just from that, you know. It's yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah, the other, um, and it's probably somewhat attached to um, that conversation is is a conversation around um, just maybe what we'd call coddling or bubble wrapping or helicopter parenting um, and the way especially people of faith have have done that with raising their children and the coming generations and, and the risks involved in um, almost being so protective that then we don't expose people to the real nuances of... Ooh. Can we talk about Christian education? Well, that might be a that might be hey, a, that, that could come into play. I that, that might be a, a contentious issue. <laughs> maybe <for> some. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, twenty twenty one. It's going to be um, a really good year, and we're really a excited. Vibe. We're really excited for um, some of the conversations ahead. Um, of course, you know we'll do our best to kind of chug our way through some of those. Mm. But yeah, as we said earlier, we'd love to hear from you as well around some of the conversations you'd. Uh, love to have along the way. Reese, anything else for us to let the people know about? When are we back? When are we back with our first app? January, some day in a couple in a few, of weeks. In a few weeks, in late Jan, late Jan, late January, Ish. I believe. On a Monday, one of the Mondays in yeah, late we'll January. We'll buy ourselves some flexibility. What, what did I say? My New Year's resolutions, flexibility. Yeah, so. yeah. we're going to be suitably flexible with our date. <laughs> no, we'll be back. We don't want to leave you hanging too long. So, yeah. in a couple of weeks, probably. Mm. Yes, it's going to be good. It will be. Anyway, Happy New Year, everyone. We look forward to continuing the journey, uh, having some more great conversations this year. Until next time, keep having conversations.